And I would like to use this opportunity. I would like to use this opportunity to thank the leaders, the pastors, the elders, and you for giving me this opportunity to speak to us. The Lord wants to speak to us today. And I'll kindly ask you, please, and let, let that be your behavior in the church. Please, the church is not a place of social media. Please, your Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and so on and so forth. Please keep them off while you are in the church. It's so important. You need to get whatsoever God wants you to hear. Hallelujah. The theme of the church this year is Jesus Visible. Transforms people, changes the society. And within the cell groups, we formulated study guides along this line. We had three topics, transform within, transform home, transform society. Hallelujah. We have been studying this, and when we go through them, we always say that we'll be so, it will be nice. People can also hear this. We don't know how many of us that attend cell groups. And when I was informed I'm going to speak today, either it's me or God speaking, I felt that I should speak along those lines, just like bullet points. But there are things that are so important for us. So the teaching or the, 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 the preaching of today will go in that line. You might have heard some of these things, but God can still show you or explain to you something new for you to understand. Amen. Amen. I must tell you, it's not a message to excite you. Hallelujah. It's not a message to excite you. And just follow me. Have a very open mind to the word. Don't say that I'm talking about you. God knows that I, this, this, some of these things we are prepared much early, maybe in January, February of this year. So it's not about anybody, but it's about letting us know as God wants us to know. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a message that will transform and change your life. Please have a very open mind. The title of my message today is called Transformed for Impact. Transformed for Impact. How many of us were here on Tuesday? On Tuesday, our mama uh, Fefe was leading us in prayers. And when she came here, she started with this. She said, the topic of our prayer today is transformed. Hallelujah. How many were here? He said, the topic of our prayer today is transformed. And then she went on and continued to talk about that. And then along the line, she said, it's until you are transformed, you cannot make an impact in the city. Hallelujah. So when those things are coming on, I know it's time for us to be transformed. It's time for this message to come to you. Hallelujah. So it's, not, it's, it's what I wanted to speak about, 
but also God has confirmed it that we need to talk about this and have a very open mind. Amen. So today's message is for you. God wants you transformed. Amen. And in the last two months, in the last two months, we've been talking about families, we've been talking about the next generation, we've been talking about influencing the city and the environment. These were all the topics that have been coming in, and God has used different uh, uh, teachers and preachers to minister to us. Hallelujah. Now, in the midst of all this, a question that always comes to my mind is, in what direction or in which way are we going to influence the city, the society? Hallelujah. In which direction, in which way are we going to influence this city or society? And I believe that we must do it in a godly manner so that the society is transformed for Christ. Amen. The way we are going to transform the society is not, it has to be in a godly manner, that people will follow Christ. Amen. And I also know that you cannot give what you do not have. So if I'm set out to transform this city or this society, what has happened to me? Do I have that transformation to give to the society, to wherever I find myself? So I, I put it in, in, in two ways or two, two steps which need to be in place for us to transform our society. And step number one is to be transformed within. To be transformed within. That is, I myself that is saying, oh, Trondheim should be transformed, this should be transformed, Norway should be transformed, the world should be transformed. I myself, have I been transformed? Until you are transformed, you cannot be an agent of transformation. We must be transformed, changed from inside of us, for us to be able to take further down this transformation. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says that we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. When light comes, it doesn't struggle with darkness. Light never struggles with darkness. When light comes, darkness must give way. There is nothing it can do about it. The Bible tells us that we are the light. So wherever we go, we should bring forth light. It says that we are light. You cannot be a, the light cannot be hidden under the sh uh, shelf. We are agents of light. That is what Christ has called us. I read an introduction here. We will not make Jesus visible by conforming to the societal norms. Transformation is about showing the light. Disciples were called Christians in Antioch because their lives reflected Christ. They were Christ-like. 
they were full of the Holy Ghost and faith. They made Jesus visible by their way of life. No society will change for better until the Christians are truly transformed from within. That which is within is then made manifest on the outside to transform homes and then the society. Let transformation start from within you today. Hallelujah. Now, there are things we have seen. Sometimes you can see somebody that has called himself a Christian. And I know in my place, they will say that if Christianity is like this, I would rather remain where I am. If Christianity is like this, I would rather remain. Some of us, our lives, it discourages people from what we are, we are preaching. It's not trying to tell directly to anyone, but just to give us a reflection. Does my life attract people to Christ? What exactly does the Bible say about transformation? And we read from Romans 12. Romans 12 from verse, from verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible highlights the need for us to be transformed, not conforming into the societal norms. That is the way it is done. That is the way they do it. That is, everybody does it. Do not conform. That is the word of God. That is what the scripture is telling us. Be transformed. Be transformed. We have been so used to things around us and I tell you, the message, the, the, the world is changing rapidly, and we really need to get into these basics or this foundation to be able to stand what is coming in the, in the coming future. 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is could you please uh, uh, put it up? Yeah. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may, might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We have received 
not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God. In Romans 8.1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I tell you, some, some Bible uh, uh, translations have removed this second part of this very scripture. So it's common you hear people that say there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. The second part is very important. He say, who walk not after the flesh? So it means that you could be a born again, but you live after the flesh. You can say, I have accepted Christ. That you live after the flesh. He says, there is no condemnation for them that are walking not after, but after the spirit. In another place, he says that carnality is enmity with God. Brethren, we need to be transformed from inside of us. So to transform this society, you personally have to be transformed from within you. You don't give what you don't have. You must reflect Christ. I must reflect, reflect Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him or her, be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Amen. So, but what is transformation? What is transformation? And I'll give a simple example, and I believe that we can easily understand it. When we have water in the room, it is just liquid. It's water. And if we put it in the freezer, it gets frozen, and it becomes solid. And if we put it, put the same water in our, maybe cook it, you'll see it, when it boils, it goes into the gas. So that is just transformation in a simple time. The same water, but it can change from liquid to gas to solid. It's still the same water. But what has happened to it? It has an effect, maybe this time external or internal, that is making it to change from one state to another. That is transformation. The same thing, the same person, but something has happened inside him, something has happened outside him, and then he becomes a new being. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. So in Bible perspective, is to move from living after the flesh to living after the spirit. Living like no, like any other person, without minding your spiritual courage, what God has deposited inside of you, conscious of the fact that the Spirit of God now lives inside of me. When we are conscious of that, it, it affects the way we do so many things, the way we talk, 
the way we approach issues, the way we talk to people, the way we, where we, we carry out our daily businesses, the, the way we, we work in our offices, and so on, the way we carry out with our academics. You suddenly realize that this, because Christ is in me, because I'm a child of God, this business can never fail. They can be saying whatever they are saying. The economy is going up, is going down. Well, that is their business. All I know is that I am different. This cannot fail. As Christians, do we need to be transformed? Do we need to be transformed? I, I want to, to go through some of these things. In Matthew 13, 10 to 11, Jesus was speaking he, he, he was speaking to the people, and he spoke to them in parables. And when he finished, the disciples were asking him, why do you speak to them in parables? And Christ said, because they do not have the capacity to handle the things of the Spirit. I'm putting it in a nutshell. They do not have the capacity. to. Ca- they live in the physical world. So I give them examples from the physical things so that they can follow me. And by God's grace, they will, they will come up to the level of faith that they can understand spiritual matters. So we have been so much de- been dealt with and saturated with spiritual matters that we, we no longer concern ourselves with what is our spiritual being. Our physical environment has killed our spiritual life. Matthew 13, 15, I wouldn't read those, that one, but Matthew 13, 15, I want to read that one. Now, this is Christ talking to his disciples when he was explaining these things to, to them. He says, for these people's heart is waxed gross. If I pause there, when, when you are making a wax candle, the way it's made is the wax you see, they bring the, the thread that will make the light, and they put it in wax and bring it out. Then it cools. They put it again, they bring it out, it cools. So gradually, gradually, you keep on coating this until you get the size of candle that you will use. So you, you coat it all the time. So, Christ was telling the, the disciples that these people's heart is waxed gross. That means that their hearts over a while has been coated. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their ears they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And should understand with their hearts and should be converted. And I should heal them. Our hearts has been coated. It has was crossed from the things that are happening around us, from the people we have been associating with, from the things we have been reading over the internet, from the things we have been taught, even in school. It says that they have closed their eyes, they have closed their ears that they may hear me. 
that they might understand and I will heal them. We no longer think about spiritual matters. That is what Christ was telling them. Through a gradual process, we have insulated ourselves from spiritual thinking. Our eyes and ears are closed to spiritual matters. People have become hardened against God to be converted and be delivered. We have saturated ourselves with physical things. We no longer challenge the status quo. I went there. They said there is no, no, no opening for me. Then I came back. That is what they said. And you accept it like that. They went there. They checked me. And they said that I have diabetes. And I come back. And they gave me the medication. And I'm taking it. And then and then. I've gone and they've done this test and they say that I have uh, uh, whatever, ulcer in my leg and then I have to take the medication. And Where is the spiritual life? Yes, that is what they found, but my God has healed me already. You can challenge the status quo, my brothers and sisters. They can see what they see. It's not a problem. But you can stand on the word of God and stand against it. Once they say it, you just take it inside you. Kill your faith. Kill your spiritual life. Where is your resistance? As patterns, they will come around. But you are made different. We are made different. How should I be transformed? How should I be transformed? I'm trying not to, to deviate so much so that I will be hopefully, by God's grace, get across what, what I want to say. How should I be transformed? Romans 12.2. We have read it before, but I want to reemphasize this. Romans 12.2. It says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, this mind that has been coated with a lot of stuff from the internet, you go and they, they tell you in Google that anyone that have this in 10 years, he's going to have K-leg. In five years, he will, start to, he will stop talking and you start to prepare how it's going to be when I will stop talking. Be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, we are transformed. And how should my mind be renewed? How should my mind be renewed? John 15, 3. How should my mind be renewed? John 15, 3. Now you are cleaned through the word which I have spoken unto you. Hallelujah. Now you are cleaned through the word I have spoken unto you. The renewal of your mind comes from feeding on the world. It comes from meditating and understanding what God has truly said. Because his word is yea and amen. It can never fail. He says that this heaven and earth 
will pass away rather than a drop of my word to fail. Keeping ourselves abreast, feeding, understanding, meditating. We've said it many times, but we keep on because I need to keep going. I need to keep pushing to get to that level that, that nothing anymore will come as, as an issue in my life. The world remains the key. You cannot run away from it. The word remains the key for our transformation. Now, after you have now been transformed within you, you know, it wouldn't take long before people begin to see some difference in the way you do things. Even in the process, people will begin to see. And one of the places where your effect will become very profound is in your home. So the next step to transform and impact the society is to transform our homes. Very, very, very important to transform our homes. If, if my life starts to reflect Christ within me, it will start to reflect on the way I deal with my wife, on the way I deal with my children. It doesn't just feel to the society. My home has also to be transformed. And when inside of me, that is coming out. It starts to spill into my home. And I will read the introduction we have here in this study guide for the cell groups. Our transformation from within is expected to start its manifestation first in our homes. The homes here means our families. The home is the fundamental unit for where the society is built. Society is built or destroyed from homes. Destroyed families cannot build a good society. A popular saying says, charity begins at home. Home builds societies. But in this age, the society is beginning to build homes. A wrong sequence. We must understand that the society we see today is a product of years of neglect of building the homes and families. When several homes are transformed positively, it reflects in the identity and character of the masses, which then transform the society to good. Hallelujah. I think that is a good summary of how things should evolve. I have no right to start to say Mr. A or Mr. B is not doing anything right when I myself, I have not been transformed. I have not reflected Christ. I have not lived according to the faith.
And that brings me to the interesting question. What is a home? What is a home? And I would rather take it from the way the Bible, from the word of God, made the first home. God created the first home in the Garden of Eden, where he made Adam and Eve. So a better understanding of how this first home was made will help us in transforming our homes and maintaining a godly home. I must say that this is a lot of discussions around this. So these are like bullet points, and I strongly encourage you, be part of a cell group so that you can ask questions and you discuss and, and you hear more views about some of these things. Genesis 5.2. Genesis 5.2. He says, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Very important. Very important. God created male and female. That is referring to what we call today Adam and Eve. He says, male and female created he them. That is plural, two people. And blessed them and called their name Adam. Very important. They were two people, but God called them a name. So that tells us that God sees them as one. God see this man and woman he has created as one. Genesis 3.20. Genesis 3.20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living things. All living. It was Adam that called the wife Eve. It was not God. God saw them as one and he called them a name. Very important in our homes. I know we are in a world today where people can, the husband can have a different name, the, 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 the wife can have a different name. I'm not saying you have done wrong, but God has a better setting for us. Very, very important. Genesis 2, 18. Genesis 2, 18. 18, I'll quickly read. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me. We read up to 23. I mean, we'll read down to 23. So 19. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see 
what he could call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave name to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no found on the, uh, and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God has taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Hallelujah. Now, why am I reading this? I want you also to see it. It is the scriptures. Now, God created Adam. When you, you remember, when God finished creation, he says that everything was very good. So, he created Adam a perfect man by all standard. A man of the best quality of man you can call. But he looked at this man and said that it is not good that this man be alone. So sometimes you say, oh, I want to be on my own. Let, let the person stay on his own. Let me stay on my own. It's not the best of you. God that made a perfect man, looked at him. He, brought the, he was looking for a companion. He brought animals. He brought everything. Looking, if I can find somebody that can accompany this man, who can be a, a, a somebody with him? And he said, is a help meet, a help meet, somebody that is going to help him to meet his needs. And he went on. I said, I can't find anyone. Then he took something from him and created a woman. Now, what does this mean? In my little understanding, this means that this man can never be complete anymore. So, that I am looking for a perfect husband, it is not possible. I am looking for a perfect wife, it is not possible. Because God has taken something out of me and used it to create my wife. So, I can never be perfect anymore. So, the day you are looking for a perfect wife, for a perfect man, know that that day will not come. In this kingdom. It is not possible. That is the word of God. So that weakness of me. My wife is there. To back it up. That weakness of my wife. I am there to back it up. Because I am no longer complete. You are looking for a spouse. You are looking for a man or a woman that is perfect. Brethren, wait for another world. It will not come. So the point you come to understand this, it will help your relationship with your husband and your wife. So that point where my wife knows that I am always doing it wrong, 
if she understands that by my default creation, I can never be perfect anymore. It will help her to fit in and see that this is where I need help and this is where she needs my help. She meets my need. This is so important. It is very simple, but it is so important it gets into our heads. It will help our understanding in our marriages. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can the present home, but I will end it by saying that a family or a home is a place where husband and wife dwell together as one. That is what the scriptures tells us. And no form of, of, of uh, 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 changes in the society changes these fundamentals. You can say whatsoever you want to say. This is the word of God. There can never be a better union. Let me be on my own. Let her be on her own and we can do it. That is what the society has, has transformed us into. That is not the word of God. How can the present home be transformed? A home can only be transformed when God's kind of love is made manifest. Only when God's kind of love is made manifest. Ephesians 5.25. It says, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it. And the question I would like to ask here is, how did Christ love the church? How did Christ love the church? Christ loved the church with God's kind of love. Romans 5, 8. But God commanded his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, God, Christ died for us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is the way. Christ loved the church. That is the way God has commanded husband to love his wife and vice versa. So if you bring it down, it means that you love without conditions. You just decide, I have to love her. I have to love him. No matter what she does, no matter what he, did, he, he does, it's love without conditions. That is the kind of love that Christ has released upon us as Christians. Very important. Many times we know, we say, oh, all those things, they say, language, five languages of love and so on and so forth. They are all good. But the day she, he, he or she does not meet up with those things, what happens? You fall back on the decision. I must love him. I must love her. That is God's kind of love. It's not emotional. Oh, I love him so much. I love her so much. It's a decision. Because those emotions, one day they will fly away. You will ask yourself, why did I even marry this man? Why did I even marry this woman? Those days, the emotions are gone. You start to see all those weaknesses. All he has told you that he did not do. All she has told you that, and so on and so forth. 
emotional love, they are sensual. You feel them by your senses. But one day, those senses will fail. Where do you stand? You stand on the decision that I have to love him. I have a lot to still tell us by the time the time what kind of love is sensual meaning you control it it's you feel it by your senses oh there's nothing that can separate me me and her we are we are in it brethren if you are in that situation i want to tell you honestly that is not god's kind of love you are after the flesh it's a decision. If you are in a love and you cannot control it, you, that is lost. You are after the flesh. Your, the, your decision to love is stand by it. I have a lot to say, but time is not on our side. Your love covers all sins. Now, when it's a decision you have made, you find out that you will never get down when, when your partner has done one thing or the other. You may be in a situation where you're, you, you, you are giving up. He has wronged you so much. Your children has done things so 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 hard for you. You have given up. You have done everything. You do not have any strength anymore to, to contain this man, to contain this woman. He has said sorry and gone back to do it again. You are tired, you are frustrated. Brethren, you know what that is only telling you? You are not yet in God's kind of love. Because when you are in God's kind of love, you understand it is not conditional. It does not depend on what my partner says or does. It depends on me. And when I keep on radiating this level of love a point will come when he or she will come back to herself or himself I say you mean that in spite of all these things that I've been doing you still love me time do not allow me to explore this more, but we can be on our feet and we'll close at this point. I will only ask you be part of a group so that you have time to go deep and share experiences and discuss these things in more detail. And I must say that all we have been saying, the starting point of it is being in Christ. That is the first foundation. 
That is the starting point. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, the time also is now. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He died for us that we may have a good and peaceable life. Inside of you, it's not about who is beside me. It's a personal decision. You have to be settled with Christ. You have to be guaranteed a place in heaven. All the things we are talking about, the starting point of the application to my life and to your life is the point where we have said, yes, Jesus, I accept you as, a, as my Lord and my personal Savior. Is there anyone in our midst that have not accepted Jesus? This is your time. You can give a wave and we pray with you and we close from death.